0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Four, three, two, one. I
1: told you before to be careful where you put your legs. I was only trying to be
0: helpful.
1: I can help myself. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on! What are you waiting for? Come on!
0: Come on! For seven decades, Michael Caine has been among the world's most renowned and recognisable actors.
1: It was just what I needed. A one-inch god with a two-inch penis.
0: The star of classics like Zulu, The Man Who Would Be King and The Cider House
1: Rules. It's a miracle no
0: one was killed. But also films that brought his career to the brink of complete implosion.
1: I made a mistake.
0: Somehow, he has always found a way back.
1: You're a big man, but you're in bad shape. But mate, it's a full time
0: job. In this epic podcast series, we will watch and review every Michael Kane movie, from the greatest hits.
1: You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off.
0: To the incredible misses. You failed to maintain your weapon, son. And take a deep dive into the life and work of one of the world's most recognisable film stars. His name is Michael Kane,
1: and no one will forget
0: his name. To understand. How he has made the mark of Kane.
1: Well, you all settled in, right? We can begin. For God's sake, come in.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Mark of Kane, our ongoing stagger through the maze of movies that is the filmography of Mighty Kane. Watching every single film, whether it's an absolute Kane classic or one of those Kane movies that just brings us down a dead end. My name is Michael Foley, and I'm joined as always by Stephen Black of the Mallow News Twitter feed. Hey, Nanny No to you. And uh, hey, Nanny No to you. What prompted the Nanny No's? I don't know, I just got a feel for it. I, I mean, I should have actually used the Hey, Nanny No for the last value, I think, you know. Science sixteenth, seventeenth century sort of thing. You know, I just, I don't know, I don't know. It's just the mood took me. Why? Do you have an issue? Yeah, with the should, hand on you know,
2: yeah, maybe repress that emotion the next <laughs> time it bubbles up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you know what? Do you know what? It could be as well. I kind of, I'm a bit conscious of being upbeat you now for this one, right? Because I kind of felt like we finished the last episode on a low note. We were kind You're of talking a bit about... upbeat, even in the worst of circumstances. Even when you were doing that bloody Sunday documentary, the most comments were Jizzy seems fierce, happy about this. It. <laughs> He's very chipper about the whole thing. Like I thought the last. Movie like we were we were it was people and we were teeing up Harry and Walter go to New York for today, and I, I kind of was kind of talking down Harry and Walter before I even watching. I feel a little bit feel a little bit bad about that now. Like it's not all. I mean, we've watched a lot of bad Kane movies, but it's not all bad, isn't it? Not. I. Right, but look, I've been thinking about this. I'm
2: Trying to think, what's the best way to kind of describe? Uh, I think basically what it is is that we're in, we're now at this stage in a rather loveless marriage with Michael Kane, <laughs> the pair of us, and kind of this uh, polygamous marriage uh, with michael with mccain and i think like last week with people it's pretty much yeah this is what we've come to expect you yeah, know just mm-hmm. does nothing new you know there's no affection there's no expression of love or spontaneity <laughs> uh and this week it's not uh, like a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago we would have had the man who would be king and that's like oh he's remembered a birthday not only he's remembered a birthday but he's pulled out all the stops slap up meal Cumberland sausages you know Good quality, good quality food. <laughs> the beans, hinds, none of your bachelors nonsense. Do with the imports, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just the fact that he remembered it, that was enough. That maybe you kind of looked at his eyes across, across the, the kitchen table and went, yeah, there's probably something there. Yeah. Whereas this week, whereas this week, it's more... How would you put this? This is more like, you know, you've been invited to to go to dinner with a, with a group of friends and you said to them, you're not fucking drinking, okay? You know what you're like? <laughs> you you're not drinking. You're like,
0: All right? You know what you're no, like? No one I, gets more clever I, after drinks, so... No, no. And I mean. you know what?
2: This is always, gets, you know, it gets a bit leery. Just don't, like... <laughs> So you go to dinner and dinner is a disaster. It's a disaster because another couple at the table are squabbling and they're Mm -hmm. airing all their dirty laundry in public. Talking
0: over each other. Talking over each other, yeah. Yeah. The
2: the food is dreadful. It's a bad experience, but you can't blame him. He stayed off the drink. He's there nursing. He's he's, he's fucking uh, pint of my wadi and he's behaving himself. So you Mm -hmm. kind of go, like that was shit, but it wasn't your fault. So similarly when Harry and Walter uh, go to New York, it's shit but he's behaved himself. He's done perfectly well in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, and it's not his fault. But overall, this was an awful experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is the best thing about a bad dinner party in this by a mile. He's the best thing in yeah. this film. which is I think of... pretty much in the same way. If you go for a, if you go
2: for a kind of, what does it go for a colonoscopy? Apparently, the drugs for that are great, but ultimately, it's not an experience that anybody wants to go through.
0: Yeah, it's still a tube up your arse at the end of the day. It really is at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, well, on that, on that cheery, on that cheery and very tasteful note, uh, after we had, as we said, we had the. Noirish sort of stylings of 1940s LA with Peeper. We're winding the clock back a little bit further this time now with Kane. He's a celebrity bank robber alongside some 70s movie royalty in this one. Elliot Gould, James Cann, Diane Keaton, and they're all together from a comedy heist movie that's set in the 1890s. Are you still with us? Called Harry and Walter Go to New York.
1: Columbia Pictures takes you back to the elegance, the glamour, the fun of New York City at the turn of the century. Meet Harry Digby. He wants to be the ultimate con man and travel with high society. He's got charm. He's got confidence. He's got Walter. After we bust that bank, we're going to be eating lunch here for the rest of our lives. Walter Hill. He just wants to break into show business. The theater, Harry, you help? All right, here. But ever since he teamed up with Harry, you get that? he's been going places, such as prison, where they meet Adam Worth, smooth, suave, sophisticated, and treated like royalty behind bars. How many safes have you blown? Well, obviously one too many. I wouldn't be here, would I? Well, I suppose they do
0: go to New York, but they it's actually to Massachusetts to go to Robert Bank. But anyway, that's not important right now. How was it for you? How was it for me? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go back
2: to the colonoscopy uh Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. An I, I, that I actually overlays
0: that from my brain there briefly. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it's not um it's not it's great. a bit of a miss, isn't
2: it? And it opens up promisingly enough there's the yeah. ones with the two the two boys uh James and Gould uh, uh, are the eponymous Harry and Walter not mm-hmm. the eponymous New York because that would be quite the stretch I guess uh, uh in uh, they're a, a vaudeville double act a pair of uh, low lower rent con men and they they do a song and dance number which is perfectly okay um it well, I can make out from going through Previous interviews with Elliot Gould, I like found one where he talked about it. He seems to think they did a great job; and thought it was a wonderful experience. And this is an interview back in the '90s, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, where he, he just points the interview over to a post he has with the original uh, poster framed on his wall, and how they they practice for months to get the routine right. They're kind of go, that's fine, but mm-hmm. there's other parts of the movie where you needed to sing and dance, and it's a fucking
0: atrocious. <laughs> this is the thing about this film: the first twenty minutes. Are 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 good, and you're going. This is going to be good, as you said I mean, it's it's something to see. James can you know, this kind of alpha male actor, um, doing a song and dance number. With Elliot Gould's very good. Kane comes in as a celebrity bank robber. He's terrific. He's terrific. Like, and you're kind of going, and it, this this might start. I the, think right. this
2: is the debut. The debut of, of Kane's shit eating grin. You know, this big, I'm a villain, Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. a comedic villain, shit-eating grin that you kind of see throughout his career in the (laughs) likes of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's his his debut. It's the launch of the uh, SEG.
0: Yeah. And And it's a a marvel to behold. It is magnificent. And it is absolutely. We spoke very briefly about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels for The Last Valley, actually, uh, when he did his German accent in inverted commas yeah. um as kind of saying yes this was the first the first kind of sighting of dr emil schofhausen well this is the first sighting in this film of lawrence jemison the character he plays in dirty rotten scoundrels it is to a t it's like it's like a practice sketch for the for the for the character that he will nail in whatever about 12 years time 1976 whatever yeah, so 11 12 years time he's going to nail it like but um yeah, he's he's yeah, the first 20 odd minutes are excellent. It's interesting you say that Elliot Gould thought it was great because apparently James Cann and Elliot Gould during the whole process thought they were being hilarious. They thought this was going to be great. But then it's funny how these things go. Movie comes out, no one likes it, and James Cann just starts walking away, and everybody starts walking away from this movie at a rate of knots. Uh I mentioned. Yeah, Billy
2: Wilder Billy Wilder Wilde, uh, used to say that the more fun you have, making it a comedy. The less funny it's going to end up being. He said, You shouldn't be having any fun making it. Mm. Uh, it's all the, the, the comedy should be in the end product. Um, wow. and wow. I think you see that one off you'd see an awful lot. This is an awful lot in common with the more I guess the more extreme versions of the like of the kind of Will Ferrell uh movies that he did after Anchorman. The, the, the fucking NASCAR movie, mm-hmm. uh the dangerous. Road Rage of Rodney Carfield, or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> uh, and uh, Walk Hard, one that everyone seems to love, which is fucking awful. And also Step Brothers, which I'm sorry, is fucking uh, it's appalling. Is right. It's terrible. It's I also hate John, C- I hate John C. C- Ryby. Catalina Wine, mixer by. Chronically unfunny. I find him chronically unfunny. Oh, okay. I like him as a dramatic actor, but it's like somebody's, it's like with you actually, a lot of common curly, which you can, curly hair, extremely <laughs> unfunny.
1: <laughs> uh
2: but it's it's like you've let this e- the egos run rampant, loads of improvisation done and said, everybody's having mm. a great time thinking, oh, it's a great line. Try this one, try this one. And then the, what you end up at the end is this bloated, amorphous, unfunny fucking lump that mm. nobody
0: thinks is funny. Because is- the structure has gone out of the movie, all it is is just all it is is just it's it's just a mess. Well, it is absolutely whatever about the other ones you mentioned. This is absolutely the case here. And I mean, it's an, there's an interesting story Kane tells in one of his in one of his books. Uh, as we know, as we know, since his early career, Kane stopped washing, wa- <laughs> washing, washing the rushes. Stopped washing. <laughs> he stopped. <laughs> he stopped watching. Uh, he stopped yeah. watching the rushes uh, because he just wanted to. He just didn't feel it felt that he affected him. So again, in this case, he didn't watch the rushes, and neither did Diane Keaton. So. When the rushes were were being shown or whatever, Kane and Gould would be inside watching them. Kane and Keaton would generally sit outside the room if they did at all, and they'd just be listening for laughs and see was anybody. So they would hear laughter, and then people would would kind of stumble out of the room, kind of howling, and people in tears laughing. Yeah, but you don't want you have got two fucking massive egos there. Well, that's what, that's what it was. That's exactly what it You're, was. It's not a te-
2: it's the test audience you want to hear howling exactly, laughter. Not the two lads who were so materially involved in the movie like they're not like Eli gould is a good uh, comedic uh, dramatic actor he's got great chops in it but this this there is no chemistry between him and jim, uh, jim no. and jimmy Khan in this movie no chemistry they're two the characters they play are two morons mm-hmm. there are no traits that they display of any uh, inherent skill they're pretty poor vaudevillians they're terrible uh, uh scam artists and they kind of stumble from one seat to, to another and it's okay to have two idiot leads you look at something like dumb and dumber yeah again two idiot leads uh but they're funny the material that they, they, they're they given is funny mm-hmm. this is not again the, what they're given the dialogue is dreadful it's leaden it and the, the way it's delivered is with all the finesse of a f- fucking anvil yeah. it's it's no good McCain does the Absolute McCain and Diane Keaton Do the absolute best With the material they're given McCain Steals the show Every time he's on screen Diane yep. Keaton has a couple of A couple of good uh, Scene stealing speeches mm-hmm. But again She's not meant to be funny In you know? it She's meant to be Kind of dramatic And you know Yeah she's a campaigning rousing.
0: Newspaper editor Yeah But she but she does She does that Superb You can see all the quality That you see In the, in yeah. the Woody Allen films Of that era When she was in a yeah. You know she's bringing that yeah. She's just good She's very good Yeah but like, yeah. Look, it's just as you say. It's two rampaging egos. E- as you say, it's two rampaging egos. kind of egos, off yeah. Egos, 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 egos. Yeah, egos, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a blinder today. Come here. Will I just get into the plot and we can circle back around to Kane and Kane and Gould and Can in a second. I guess, yeah. It's just a, <laughs> I, 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 I shudder having to listen to the fucking plot again after watching it. Well, the, you, let's just about it. If you
2: haven't it, 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 to to Paddy, the listener here, yeah. uh, Paddy, if you've if you've watched this, you're aware that this is
0: almost two hours long. Mm-hmm hmm mm-hmm. it's 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 a hell of a it's a doozy and i mean you can see in some of the edits by the way pretty early in the film the editing is, is terrible you can see they've actually cut it back from from something much longer but even the even the way they've done that has screwed up the film you know but anyway on to the plot right very quickly everybody uh so harry played by james Cannon walter area Gould, are basically a vaudevillian variety act who hustle a few bucks on the side, robbing their audience and whatnot. They get sent to jail uh, where they work as servants to Kane's character, Adam Worth, a cultured famous bank robber. He's full of charm. Ladies love him. He's on the newspapers at the time, everything. Worth wants to rob this apparently impregnable bank in Lowell in Massachusetts to get one over on his bank manager, who who essentially got him put away in, in, initially uh, so he gets plans secretly drawn up at the bank but they get accidentally destroyed by Harry and Walter while taking a photograph of these plans as worked is being interviewed by Diane Keaton's character Lisa Chestnut what a lovely name she's this campaigning newspaper editor so she takes pity on the lads when Kane loses a rag at them And after they break out of jail, they hook up with her. So Worth is also released around the same time. So now it's a race basically to rob the bank, right? So Harry, Walter and this kind of group of radical newspaper people on one side and Adam Worth on the other. They overhear his plans at some stage to rob the bank and they mirror exactly the same plans. They're tunneling in from a theater next door to the bank uh, where there's like a comedy opera on uh, just before Worth arrives to use the same tunnel. But they have to stall the play next door to detain Worth and blow up the safe whatever so Harry and Walter go back get on stage generally act the maggot which buys just enough time for their team to blow the safe get away with the cash Kane's group go down the tunnel only to meet the cops who can't arrest them because they haven't actually done anything so Harry and Walter so you know yay Harry and Walter got the money first so Harry and Walter and the rest arrive at this fancy restaurant days later that's frequented pretty much exclusively it seems by the hoi polloi of the bank robbing world and everybody sees him, and the reception is very, very cold. Until Worth Kane's character stands up and taps his glass as a sign of respect. And the next thing, they're greeted as heroes. And Kane gets the girl, bizarrely, Diane Keaton. The lads stand up and do their awful vaudevillian routine. And that's and, and that's pretty much it. It's it's baggy. It's a bit messy. As Stephen, like you said, every time Kane's on screen, he steals the entire show. He's the adult in the room. Every time he's on because you've got these other two idiots um, mugging and standing in front of each other and talking over each other and trying to outdo each other at every turn. And they think they think it's 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 a double act. This is this is what a double act is. But as we know, I think anyway, as we know from watching uh, the man who will be king. I mean, Kane and Connery showed precisely how double acts should work and how you give each other space and room to manoeuvre and actually enhance each other's performance in that way. These guys are just standing all over each yeah,
2: other. Yeah, they have no interest in making each other better in this or giving no. each other space to, 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 you know, act. Yeah,
0: <laughs> basically, know? yeah. That's it.
2: This is basically a rip-off rip of The Sting, though, really. Yeah. It's at it's the same era. It's like three years after the fact. Kane is, I guess, is the Robert Shaw character in this. But... Like the, I mean, in in the sting, uh, Newman and Redford's characters are clever. Mm-hmm. They're professional con artists. They're just a pair of morons who basically fall from scene to scene, gurning uh, at the camera um, and delivering terrible lines. And yeah. like the the comedy, so it's supposed to be it's built as a comedy heist movie. So it's not it's not funny, and the heist itself is shoehorned into the unfunniest part of the the end of the movie as the two lads delay or uh, delay a Caine's character's uh, arrival to the vault by you, know, making sure that the, the show goes on longer than necessary. And that's just tedious and oh, painful. Eric terrible. Gould blacks
0: up to play oh, a more... That's the low point, actually, isn't it, of the whole thing? It's when just, Eric Gould comes out, blacked shit. up. You've got Commandant Lazard, who apparently mm-hmm. was born at the age of 72.
2: Uh, <laughs> there as well. And the heist is just... The heist itself is... Terrible! It's without. It's so long. Any, it's not complete. It's not even co- complicated, and it's not. You know, it's not. It's, there's no finesse to it. You know, yeah. like even though like Ocean's Eleven, the way something is carried out. You know, it's it's part of the 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 enjoyment mm-hmm. of a heist movie is how you know intricate the plans are and how those plans adapt to the inevitable. Oh, something goes awry, and now we have to improvise in the moment and make the best of it. That's the the enjoyment that you get out of a heist movie. There's not no element to this here. No, and community, nothing. just out of interest, um, mm-hmm. are in your office are there a bunch of uh, professional? Like, do reporters generally have uh, professional uh, thievery skills, like the the, oh, yeah. the oh, newspaper it, office here? Yeah, you better. You, so they, 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 they turn to life, They, like Diane Keaton's team uh, on, on her uh, community newspaper, turn their hands to crime with surprising alacrity. Like, so I assume that's the same for you. When you go to work every week, it's like, lads, will it be this week? No, you know it's obviously journalism isn't paying what it once, what it once did. I think unless you're David Davenpower, I, I, I understand uh, you're probably only,
0: you're probably, you're probably only earning about uh, maybe 500 K after taxes. I am literally always a week away from robbing the first mutual trust. I uh, literally yep. a week all the time. And one of these days I will, but now I'm after giving the game away. Maybe I'll have, I'll have if to rob you, the
2: second mutual of, trust. Of, well, naming names though, no. would you, if you go into the office, uh, well, whenever it is that you go into the office um in person, you look at around, uh, the people around you could you say there's enough competent would you say there's enough competent people in your office to carry out uh, a heist of this uh, level of complexity
0: could they even rob a spar <laughs> They can barely get a newspaper out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I tell you what, is a hell of a lot more complex than a bank job. Certainly certainly judging by this particular bank job, it is. is it's not all automated now, is it not? It's, it's all, all automated.
2: automated. <laughs> who, the fuck you fo- who the fuck are you fooling?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I need an article. Google.
2: Here. Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cutting. You pay. get spell check. all done, it's... make up a few quotes, fish yeah. bash, yeah.
0: out you go with your newspaper line. Yeah, yeah. The hackathon 2000, you know. Just yeah. press a button, off you go. You know it's on. I know, I know. I'm, I'm I'm not even going to I'm not even going to pretend it's difficult anymore. But it's definitely it's definitely harder than a bank heist on the basis of this particular movie. It's so drawn yeah. out that freaking bank heist it goes on forever. Can I pick two? There, like, there's just two. And I know we should be here talking about Kane, but I mean the, the thing about it is he's not really he's not the, ma- he's the he's the main man when he's on screen in this because he's just yes. so much better than everybody else. But he's not really yep. the main man in the film. So we won't yep. we we won't dwell too long on this, but. Like, there are two things I just want to, two scenes that I think kind of nail, nail Can and Gould. Like, there's an awful Laurel and Hardy bit that they do. They're trying to break into an office in the dead of night and they start at each other outside, like, you're know, tweaking their nose and hitting each other with each other's hats and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you can see, you, you're you watching it going, oh, this is the boys now kind of doing, you know, doing their homage and showing that they can, you know, match dick dick and stand toe to toe with the greatest comedians of our time i are like going, lads. It's it's actually embarrassingly bad. It's it's awful. And then the like the 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 other the other thing that really kind of brings the whole thing together is that scene at the end when they're in this fancy restaurant and they decide this is the best house we're ever going to play, and they they do their vaudeville act, and it ends up the actual film ends up with Gould and Can staring down the lens of the camera at the end of their lovely song and dance routine, as though to say, "Weren't we just the stars of this?" And you're looking at it going. No, actually, you're the lads who completely made a Complete bollocks of it for everybody else. Like, there is a decent film in here, you know, screaming to get out, but it never, it never had a hope with these two in it.
2: Uh, What is the director is to blame here? It's Mark Rydell, isn't it? Yeah. uh, Who who starred with Kane in The Long Goodbye. And clearly he's... he's, he is, uh, friendly, or at least, uh, with, with Ellie Gould. There's no attempt to rein them in and kind of keep the the show on the yeah. road here. Very so good friends with
0: James can actually. Very good friends yeah. with James cannon and, and was very very much there for can I think, when he went through his, uh, his drinking drugs hell. Mark Rydell was and one the, of the people who helped him out of it. Yeah, and the, the writer as well ended up, what, the, uh, the,
2: the same guy who directed The Razor's Edge, which was I think a film that was responsible for Bill Murray taking some time out in terms of where he thought his life was going, um, and <laughs> he also he also wrote du- duets, right? Which was uh, infamously Ugh. one of the worst one of the worst movies of all time. With Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow and Huey
0: Lewis in the News from Huey Lewis and the News fan. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, the, the list when you when you when you do a little bit of research on this, the list of people who who just like. Disavow it, or and say it actually nearly yeah. ruined my career. So Mark Rydell himself yeah. said he he was quoted saying, you know, I'm slightly paraphrasing here, but he said everything was uphill after Harry and Walter. He couldn't he couldn't get a job. Uh, Leslie Ann Warren, who's in this film, said she struggled to get work after Harry and Walter. um Tony Bill, the producer, said it's the one movie I'm quoting him here now. The one movie of which I'm ashamed because it was not my taste. It was a wonderful script. Yeah, right. Completely rewritten by the director, the writer Robert Kaufman. He says, "He said I got married again. I finished five years of analysis. I stopped hating, even though it's against my nature. I wrote a funny big piece of lemon meringue pie, but nobody wants to go see a funny optimistic picture. I think they do, actually. I think, I think just, I think they do, but just not this, this one. No, this just not neither this one. Not funny bad. nor optimistic, to be honest with you. Um, Mark Riddell, Mark Riddell directed on Golden Pond. Yeah."
2: Yeah. You know, it's essentially like fucking like the 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 the, the greatest visual representation of why a trip to Dignitas would is a good idea. <laughs> See, fucking Fonda and Hepburn, oh, oh. just kind of meandering around the screen. <laughs> 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 Do you know what? As well, actually, look just at just, the
0: pond. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, golden, just to get ain't you it? Away it's golden,
2: the... ain't it? Oh, sure yeah. is. Why don't we go
0: on this golden pond? just two hours <laughs> shit just to steer the just to steer the conversation a little bit away from euthanasia um what struck me as well like Oh, you are, always like, want to steer the conversation I really away from do. euthanasia I'm, I'm getting up to that age now I don't, I don't need to be even thinking about the options um the n- amount of talent in this film right so obviously we have got we've got like what i said at the top our 70s box office royalty straight off the top but you also have you have charles durning Doug Afternoon Ooh. and the sting charles durning Ooh. Sorry, you pronounced Charles. Furry, furry oh, did I? Sorry, sorry. Charles. I'm having a great day over here. I have to EJs <laughs> and Charles and all sorts. Right. Okay. Charles Durning from Dog the Afternoon Sting. Les Yarn Warren. I mentioned there she was in Clue. Val Avery from The Magnificent Seven. You have David Proval. I think it's Proval. He was in Mean Streets. He's in Shawshank. He was in Sopranos. He's in Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, you have Burt Young from Rocky in Chinatown. Boy! Hey, buddy! You got Jack Guilford from Cocoon, you mentioned Commandant Lassard from Police Academy, Ted Carol Cassidy. Cain. Carol Kane. Carol Kane. Carol Kane. C- Carol Kane. One of the greatest fucking comedic
2: actresses of all time, given like I think about two or three lines of this movie.
0: Oh, it's just I mean, again, it's just like this movie could have been it really I think it really could have been really, really great. And I mean, yeah. you know, and Kane doesn't need to do any more than what he's done. I mean, this is this is the most lavish cast I I think anyway. So far for Kane, Um and he he outshines them all. He beats them all up a stick, Um, which says something about him, but more about the script and the and the rest of them. Reviews were fairly mixed at the time. It's funny looking back at some of these films that now look like absolute scack. Some of the move, some some of the reviews can actually be bizarrely positive for someone, but in this case, it's kind of a mix. They just say ah, it's a bit of a mess. Pretty much what we're saying. It's a bit of a mess. Kane's the best thing about it. Kane and Gould are just way over the top. It's a bit of a letdown. It's not funny. And that's pretty much the long and the short of it, really, as far as the critics were concerned at the time. Yep. Originally, can you believe this? How would you think this would work, right? Originally, they wanted Jack Nicholson in this film in one of the lead roles. Like, does that even work? Would that have worked? Would that have helped? This is the really thing about Jack Nicholson's
2: forays into comedy throughout the in something like this slapstick, no, very much not. Jack Nicholson's uh,
0: wheelhouse, I think it would have probably done the same thing to his career that it did to Jim, uh, Jimmy Cannes. Jimmy Cant. So even in that sense, like even, even even their kind of number one choices were bad choices, you know? They yeah. just... This is yeah. never getting off the ground. It's actually little kind of thing, like, Kane and Gould are going to appear in another Cain movie, in a, in a couple of movies, Time A Bridge Too Far. I, I know, like a lot of things with A Bridge Too Far, they're not... I don't think they're on the screen at any time with Cain, but they're there. He also... Our man replaced James Cann for the Holcroft Covenant in the eighties. Khan was meant to do the Holcroft Covenant. It was another classic that he knocked back. Well, I, th- I, th- I, th-
2: I think, yeah. To be fair, that might be one of the few instances where James Cann made the right choice.
0: It's incredible, isn't it? Like he knocked back Superman Apocalypse No, Kramer versus Kramer, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Who is he playing in Superman? Um, Superman. I don't know I know, a, know that Brando a dwarf, a dwarf of Superman was it? I'm not sure I couldn't be 100% sure I think, planet, I think it was Superman I think it was Superman I came across I came across an interview with him on, on Howard Stern from many 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 years ago where he he he, uh, he confirmed he had knocked back Superman apparently Brando was mad keen to get him involved but no he wasn't he wasn't for uh, he wasn't for taking it on you know and then the Apocalypse Now who's like what like that long in the Philippines I don't think so he must have spoke to he must have spoke to our man about Too Late to Hero I'd say maybe no 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 philippines anyway moving swiftly along marks for Kane. i mean look again we're not marking the movie it's the performance here what would you give him for this i give him a seven yeah yeah i I think it's a very well-deserved seven for our man on this one good solid performance hinting at better things to come as we say i mean this is this is this is the template for dirty rotten scoundrels really and what are the better things to come in terms of at the next movie michael well, let me tell you, Stephen, for our next movie, we're moving slightly backwards in the timeline from Harry and Walter, but dramatically forward in real Kane times. Yep, not confusing. From 1976 now, we're jumping to 1992. And you know why? Because right now, as we record these episodes, Christmas is a-coming. And what would any Kane Christmas be without a Muppets Christmas carol? Come Hello. The Muppet Christmas Carol. I'll drink to Mr. Scrooge, even though he is odious and <laughs> stingy and badly dressed. <gasps> Hamba. Oh,
1: there goes
0: Mr. Humb. There goes Mr. Grim.
2: Oh, I thought I was gonna be blamed on real. I watched it for no reason.
0: <laughs> Apparently that's the one everybody wants to hear. But you're getting him up as Christmas Carol, and you'll be glad of it. Be so happy. Happy frickin' Christmas. Here's a Muppet Christmas Carol! Really? And you'll <laughs> enjoy I-
2: it! I'll tell you what, Michael. After watching two Muppets cavort about a stage in this in this movie, you now I can't wait to go and so on. You know um, Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. Yeah, and we yeah. will now get to see proper, proper Muppets. Yes, we're we're breaking yeah. with our policy of slavishly watching every movie in order to break out the good feels. Which well, apparently this is a modern Christmas cinema classic. I, I've never seen it. Have you seen it? I I've never. I haven't seen.
2: It. It. I haven't seen it because when it came out, I wouldn't have been watching movies like that. In 1992, I was more concerned with watching movies that might have a might have a hint of titten in them. To be quite right <laughs> honest, yeah. and as far as I know, Miss Piggy keeps it all on in this one. So. Yes, she does. Yes, he does, yes he <laughs> does.
0: Yes, does. Yes, does. And there are there are there are no attendant tits either in the film, to be fair. Everyone's we on have, we have
2: to, We'll have to leave. we'll have to leap forward to uh, a Muppet Fifty Shades of Grey, which I think again is Kane's finest, allegedly Kane's finest performance. Oh the mind boggles. Oh, I, have, oh, I have unconventional desires.
0: <laughs> Poor Rizzo. Poor Rizzo has to make a run for it at some point in Muppets Fifty Shades of Grey. Come here to me Come here Come here Oh my god This isn't where I thought This was going to go This is, this is lovely It's going to be Christmas Good feels It's going to be lovely It's going to be great Muppets Christmas yeah. Carol Yeah
2: I feel this is probably one of those things that uh, millennials are probably uh, hyped about. This is this is gives me all the feel. This hits me right in the feels. This movie is fire and on and on and on with those kind of yes, things yes, yes. about a old movie they probably haven't seen in years and it probably reminds them of a time when, you know, they were safe in a, in a house that they that they didn't have to pay rent for and weren't sharing it with fifteen other uh, Brazilian delivery drivers.
0: Oh, lovely! And he's off on his Christmas rant. There we go. Well, that's that's a lovely, that's a chilling vision of my Christmas drinks to come, Stevens. Millennial rant.
2: I have oh, nothing against millennials. God love them. They, they're, they're, I don't know how they manage to get through every day of their existence. It must be miserable. Zero hour contracts and such. I don't actually oh, know that God. much about them. Uh, they use the internet, I understand.
0: Apparently so. Apparently. Well, good luck to, yeah. to them, I say. Good luck them. I'm not allowing you Ooh. humbug your way into Anti- this. Pro- not... ra- uh, Anti racism? Well? What's that about? Come oh, on. don't get that at all. don't understand that. Anyway, I'm not allowing your humbug. Oh, cancel culture. Cancel <laughs> culture. Ooh. I'm humbug. not. I'm humbug. not allow, No, no, no. Sorry, no. I'm not allowing your humbuggery to get in the way of this. Don't, don't, don't reflect on the notion of the word humbuggery. Can I just ask you? Just I is, said, humbug, is, humbug, is humbuggery what a Tory politician does in a, in a Soho basement? Which, yeah, basically. He's exactly. He's kind of going to it. himself. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 Mm, that's oh, it. Mm, oh. Mm, mm,
0: mm. Oh, God. Okay, 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 okay. Thank you. I don't think they go. I, I don't think they get that far anyway. Um, I think, I think um, if we want to pinpoint the moment where this podcast just went through the floor, <laughs> I think we've just nailed it. Now, and I I can't believe we've gone so far from Harry and Walter, and even further away again now from the good feels of, of Muppet's Christmas Carol down to like a, a basement and a Tory politician. Humbuggering away um, while homing his national anthem—that's just—I don't know what I just—I don't, don't actually know what's just happened. So I'm just going to ask people to come back the next day. Absolutely, go find this movie in the next week, and we will—we del- will just dive so happily into this film. It's a role Kane, a Scrooge—he plays a straight as a die. The Muppets like may well have been De Niro the way he attacks this one. And we know, Stephen, that invested cane is good cane.
2: Absolutely. And don't forget, people, if you're at you, uh, 23 minutes 43 seconds, if you pause it just right, you can see Kermit's
0: tiny team. Okay, let's just leave it there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for Harry and Walter. I'm so looking forward to the next episode. As usual,
2: like and subscribe. Like and subscribe on the platform of your choice. Follow us on Twitter. Ask us questions on Twitter, no matter how personal. Actually, even more personal, the better. And yeah. we will see you again next week. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. And maybe leave a comment. Only nice ones, though. Mean comments will make Alfie cry, and no one wants to see that. The Marco Kane podcast is written, researched, and presented by Stephen Black and Michael Foley, and edited by Andrew Foley. Music is composed by Stephen Black. If you'd like to get in touch, you'll find us on Twitter at, at @mallonews and at Marco Kane 2. And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll find all the rest wherever you get your podcasts. Mark of Cain is a Molo News Two Cubes production. See you next time.